In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus saw the city and wept over it, because it did not recognize the time of God's coming. We confess our part in the self-centeredness and sin in the life of our community. Gracious God, have mercy on us. We confess that we have turned from you and given ourselves into the power of sin. We are truly sorry and humbly repent. In your compassion, forgive us our sins, known and unknown, things we have done and things we have failed to do. Turn us again to you and uphold us by your spirit so that we may live and serve you in newness of life through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Dear friends, God, who was rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. May Almighty God strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit so that Christ might live in your hearts through faith. Amen. Let us pray. O God, you are the tree of life, offering shelter to all the world. Graft us into yourself and nurture our growth, that we may bear your truth and love to those in need. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen.
first reading is from Ezekiel chapter uh, 17, verses 22 to 24. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will take a sprig from the lofty top of the cedar. I will set it out. I will break off a tender one from the topmost of its young twigs. I myself will plant it on a high and lofty mountain. On the mountain height of Israel I will plant it in order that it may produce boughs and bear fruit and become a noble cedar. Under it every kind of bird will live. In the shade of its branches will nest winged creatures of every kind all the trees of the field shall know that I am the Lord. I will bring low the high tree and make high the low tree. I dry up the green tree and make the dry tree flourish. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will accomplish it. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God.
is the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, The kingdom of God is as if someone would scatter seed on the ground and would sleep and rise night and day, and the seed would sprout and grow. He does not know how. The earth produces of itself, first the stalk, then the head, then the full grain in the head. But when the grain is ripe, at once, he goes in with the sickle because the harvest has come. He also said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable will we use for it? It is like a mustard seed, which, when sown upon the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes the greatest of all shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them except in parables, but he explained everything in private to his disciples. <coughs> the Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord. Truths that 
Back in the early 1960s, the U.S. economy emerged from a recession and began growing. It grew for a quarter, it grew for a year, it grew for almost a decade. In 1969, a group of economists published a set of papers under the title, Is the Business Cycle Obsolete? Essentially, maybe we'll never have another depression or a recession, maybe we'll just have growth forever. The economy went into recession the next year. In the 1990s, the U.S. economy emerged from a recession. It grew for a quarter, then a year, then a decade. By the late 1990s, economists were publishing articles with titles like The End of the Business Cycle. Essentially, maybe we'll just have growth forever. One of those economists even went on a PBS talk show where he was asked if People didn't say this 30 years ago, and wouldn't this whole thing just happen again? He responded, no, it did. Now, you don't have to be an economist to understand why the idea of endless growth is so captivating. We love growth. We like the feeling that we're getting somewhere, that we're moving in the right direction, that we're making progress instead of just languishing or treading water. We love financial growth, sure, but pretty much every other kind of growth, too. Educational growth, physical growth, emotional growth, personal growth. To help you achieve all that growth, you can even take on a growth mindset. And if you aren't growing fast enough, don't say that you have a weakness. Say you have a growing edge. Even when you're not growing, you're growing in your capacity to grow. And we often take that language of growth and bring it into spiritual and church settings, too. Sometimes that works really well. It's good when people come to a church event or some program and say they grow in their faith. That's great. Sometimes people try a new activity, take on a new responsibility, and they grow into it. That's good. Our mission statement even starts with the idea of growth. We grow in faith through worship, learning, and serving together. Growth can be empowering and inspiring for us. But sometimes bringing the idea of growth into our faith can just become kind of weird. Sometimes chasing spiritual growth can just feel like going from one thing to the next and never really getting anywhere. And church growth usually just turns into a numbers game. A couple years ago, I was at some church meeting when I asked someone, how are things going at church XYZ? And they responded, incredible. We are having such amazing growth. And I asked, well, where are these people from? How did they get connected to the church? What's going on in their lives? And this person shrugged and said, well, I, I don't actually talk to any of them. <laughs> Sometimes growth can be kind of hollow. Now, both of those readings we heard today are about growth, but not the kind of growth that we often think about. From the prophet Ezekiel, we heard the promise of God's new planting high on a mountaintop. The prophet was writing to a group of Israelites, 
whose city had been destroyed. They were living in exile. Their political authorities are a mess. There doesn't seem to be a lot to work with. But God promises to take a little twig and plant it on a mountain. And up on that mountain, it will grow into a large cedar. For Ezekiel, growth is about restoration, fulfillment, and renewal. And from St. Mark's Gospel, we heard the famous parable of the mustard seed. The mustard seed is an infamously small seed, just about the smallest that any of Jesus' listeners would have come across. But it can turn into something much bigger than that. In fact, if you've been to the Holy Land or even just seen pictures of it, you see these entire fields around the Sea of Galilee that have been taken over by mustard seed. For St. Mark, growth is resilient, it's persistent, it's deceptively quick. And at first glance, those two stories we heard today, those two images, don't seem to have a whole lot in common. One is about a majestic tree, the other is basically about a weed. But notice what else is in both of those images, too. In the Ezekiel reading, the twig grows into a mighty cedar, not just for its own benefit, but so that under it, under it, every kind of bird will come and live in its shade, and the shade of its branches will nest winged creatures of every kind. The image isn't just a tree that's tall, it's of a tree that provides a new environment for God's creatures. In the historical context, the point here is that the Israelites' redemption won't just be for their own benefit, but for the benefit of all of God's people. There's no room here for superiority or exceptionalism or triumphalism. Ezekiel tells us that when God gives growth, it's growth for everyone. And there's something similar in today's gospel reading. The point of the mustard seed isn't that it goes from a small seed to a big plant. Jesus says that it becomes the greatest of the shrubs and puts forth large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. The point here isn't that mustard seeds get big. It's of a renewed environment for all kinds of creatures. Ezekiel and Mark both promise us a future where God makes new growth possible, that the world can be transformed and renewed and changed, but that growth is never just for the sake of growth. The point is that whenever God gives growth, it's always towards something. It's always for something. When growth tends to become dangerous or destructive or just sort of weird, it's usually because it's become a means to its own end. We seek growth just for the sake of growth. And when we focus on growth for its own sake, we tend to turn in on ourselves. We forget what we're actually trying to grow for. Do we want the economy to grow so that the number on the chart goes higher? Or because we want people to have stable employment? Do we want personal growth to help us live out our vocations in the world or are we just padding our college applications? Do we want growth in the church because we want people to be inspired and changed and transformed by the gospel? Or are we just looking for people to subsidize our experience? When Pastor Kimberly Vaughn was here last year, she made a comment that gets right to the heart of these readings. I could have just said the comment. That could have been the whole homily. 
But she was talking about congregations. You could apply this to a whole bunch of different things. And she said something to the effect of, if you want to think about how you're growing, don't think about your budget. Don't think about your membership roles. Don't think about any of that stuff that you can put on some Excel spreadsheet. Think about the people whose lives are changing. And think about what would be different in your community if you weren't here anymore. To put that in the language of today's reading, you don't measure your growth by how tall you get. You measure your growth by how much shade you give others. God promises us growth, but it's a different type of growth than we're used to. It's not growth to glorify ourselves. It's not growth to become superior, not growth to get ahead of everybody else, but the kind of growth that makes us the greatest of the shrubs. Not always terribly impressive in the forest, but precious in the eyes of the sparrows and indispensable in the eyes of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
Let's join the church together around the world, confessing our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Let us come before our triune God in prayer. Holy God, you plant the seeds of faith in every nation. Enliven your church so that the good news of your grace may root and grow throughout the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Creator God, even the trees, shrubs, and flowers delight in your goodness. From the depths of the soil to the highest mountain, bring forth new plants. Restore growth to places suffering drought. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Judge of the nations, we pray for our leaders and those in power. Grant them the ability to regard those under their charge with humility, dedicating their lives in service to others. We pray especially this week for the people of Botswana and Zimbabwe. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Divine Comforter, you show compassion to those in need and provide relief to those who call on you. Bless all who suffer this day, especially those trapped in cycles of poverty and insecurity. If you have any other petitions, I invite you to offer those at this time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, our builder, you have, all the, you have all the materials to construct our society. You have all the strength to put wisdom that has fallen apart in our lives. You have the wisdom to reshape our world. Inspire us with all your wisdom, strength, and love to rebuild the broken walls of our community. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. With thanksgiving, we remember those who have died. Keep us in communion with all the saints until we at last find our rest in you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We offer these prayers in the, one, in the name of the one who makes us sing for joy, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Set your seal upon my 
gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. At this time, we open things up for any announcements, joys, and concerns. Did anyone have anything they wanted to share with the congregation? Okay, I have two things I want to let you know. The first is Irene Jaker had a hip replacement yes, or on Friday. Excuse me. Uh, the surgery went well, uh, so I invite you to keep Irene in your thoughts and care as she recovers from that. And then tomorrow evening, our church council is going to meet remotely, and so I would you should expect sort of updates on our gathering norms shifting, uh, and then you should also expect some endowment announcements. We have a couple good grants lined up, so there should be stuff in the email on Wednesday about that. But I invite you to pray for your council, so and me if you feel like it. Uh, why don't I invite you to receive the blessing? May Christ draw you to humility and worship and bring you to see God at work. And may Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Go in peace and grow for others. Thanks be to God. Thanks, God.